if I ever get like a like a Timothy Chalamet looking boyfriend, I will be making him dress up as Victor and Emily with me, and I will spend so much money. Hell yeah. Get out your pumpkins, all right? I want to see that apple cider uh, flowing. Mm -hmm. I want to see mulled wine. I want to see cloves. I want to see colorful corn, maize, if you will. I want to see cornucopias. I want to see wicker. (laughs) Guys, it's fucking spooktober. I am so excited. I'm freaking out. I, I talked about this a little bit last year. I was like never really a big Halloween person, Growing up, because, really? like, in Asia – Yeah, you, okay. you don't celebrate it in Asia, so, like, it just never was a thing. Oh, like, not even trick-or-treating or anything like that? <sighs> not really. Like, if you uh, – there was, like, one neighborhood – well, not neighborhood. It was, like, a condo that a lot of Americans lived in because gotcha. it was close to the American school. So that's where you would go if you wanted to trick-or-treat. Mm-hmm. So people that didn't even, like, live there would go there to trick-or-treat, <laughs> but other than that, it, like, really wasn't a thing. So when I got to college – that's when like we started celebrating like Halloween in New York, best thing. And then last year, you know, height of the pandemic, was reaching for joy in any way I could. In any way. And Halloween was one of them. And all month long, it was Halloween in my home and in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was a great time. So I'm very excited to do it again this year. Absolutely. I think it's definitely like Halloween is a blast, but also just fall in general. Yeah. Uh, it's like we're cozy, where mm-hmm. you're we're drinking again apple cider and like yep. spices and it smells good. I have a cinnamon broom in my house. Ugh. Trader Joe's cinnamon broom. Get it. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. You'll think at first that it's too strong of a scent, but then you kind of get used to it and it feels like aromatherapy. Yeah. When you're like <laughs> sitting in your living room. I also have a life hack. All right. It's already we're recording this on October second. But if you want to enjoy your Halloween decorations all year round, <laughs> that's not what I meant to say at all. If you want, <laughs> that if was you a want to enjoy Halloween slip. all year round, <laughs> I meant to say <laughs> if you want to enjoy your Halloween decorations for the whole month, yes. then you should absolutely put them up on the last week of September. Yeah. I would recommend that. That's what I did. Yeah, that's that's the move. I saw a TikTok yesterday and it was like rules for October. And one of them is yes. if you don't put up your Halloween decorations in the first week, it's not going to happen. It won't happen. So do it the first week of October. Also plan your fall like activities in the first week of October because otherwise you True. will not do it. True. So if you're trying to go to a pumpkin patch, you're going to want to schedule that ASAP. You are. That involves driving somewhere. That involves planning an outfit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just excited. I did read those rules. You sent me this TikTok and mm-hmm. it kind of inspired me. I was like, maybe I should change up my hair. That was one of them. I am also, I'm going to go get um, Biolage, Biolage, however it's pronounced. Yeah. So be looking all fresh because you guys, Mo and I are going to see each other in person for the first time in like a year and a half yeah, very soon. So long. If you're in New York, you know, and you want to meet up with us, DM us and maybe we'll do a meetup Ooh, with do people. Do a little meetup? Ooh. That could be cute. Yeah, that would be fun. If you're interested, let us know. Yeah. We'll gauge interest because um, 
maybe we're talking out of our houses and no one wants to meet us. <laughs> and speaking of our lovely listeners, we are doing our first ever live movie watch this week. I am so excited. Yes. We are watching Cadet Kelly this Friday. Cancel oh my God. your plans. <laughs> Tell your partner you will be occupied. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Um, it's going to be so much fun. We're doing it on the platform Scener. It's yes. a free downloadable extension for Chrome. So I'm going to have like the links to all of that in the show notes and also in our bio on all of our socials. You can find it as well as the event link. All you need is a Disney Plus account and a Scener account and you're good to go and we're going to have a uh, great time. So mark your calendars, people. We're going to talk about how Kel- – um, what's her name? Carlson Romano. Christy. Christy. It's a tongue twister. Christy Carlson (laughs) Romano. If you are not straight now, she was your sexual awakening. That's the reason why. Yeah. Not just me. I'm talking about everyone. (laughs) Yeah. I'm putting that on everyone. (laughs) It's a universal truth. So. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to be super fun. I'm very excited to chat with you guys. Yes. And I guess while we're on this train, should we do our little review shout outs for today? Oh, Yeah. We're beginning. We are starting off strong with Laura. Yes. Um, you wrote such a kind review. You did mention that you like Taylor Swift. So we had to do a bop from Reputation. Don't blame yes. me. Maybe oh my God. you're like doing something for the first time. Maybe you asked for that raise and you're just like, you know what? I'm owning my shit. I'm doing my thing. Yeah. Don't blame me because you're not where you want to be. Yeah. It's it's kind of just like an empowerment, Bob. Exactly. It's totally a like walking down the hallway in slow motion mm-hmm. moment. That's what I'm seeing in my mind's eye. So, Laura, we hope that you bop to some T-Swift today. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have a review from Abby. We got the chance to chat in the DMs. and You mentioned some movies that you like. So we took a look at some soundtracks and we decided to go with one Girl Revolution by Super Chick, as featured in Legally Blonde, as well as Cadet Kelly. We decided to pick the song because you said you've just moved to a new spot. So this is really you like settling into your new life. It's kind of like a transforming mm-hmm. everything around me. You're unpacking, you're getting everything set up. You're ready to like seize these new opportunities. You're really just, it's, it's a glow up. It's a glow up moment. It's a glow up sure. moment, yeah. And next we have The Brazen Rose. Um, we chose the song Supergirl by Crystal Harris. Oh, such a bob. In your review, there were a lot of, you know, girl power moments. The Cheetah Girls, you said that we were fit to rule Genovia. Oh, thank you. I know, such <laughs> a kind compliment. So... Yes, Supergirl by Crystal Harris. It's very empowering, very like you're on your jam today, you're doing it today. Maybe you just applied for a grant. Maybe you, I don't know, I don't know your life, but maybe you (laughs) applied for something. You're like, I think I'm just going to go for it today. And you woke up early, so you stopped for a coffee or a beverage of your choice, okay? And you're like, not only are you on time to the meeting, you're prepared and you have your beverage. I love it. And that's honestly a superpower. I don't know anyone who shows up (laughs) on time to meetings with a freaking coffee in their hand. Never, never, never. It doesn't happen. Yeah. 
And lastly, we have a review from Lauren, all the way from Australia. Um, thank you so much for the shout out for our Australian accents. We appreciate it. Oh my it. gosh. Thank you for your blessing. <laughs> we try our best. Um, I, yeah. I hope that listeners know when we do accents, the joke is how bad we are at the accents. It's not us making Absolutely, fun of the yes. accent. <laughs> That's the joke here. Yeah. Um, but to you know, keep this little Aussie theme going, we decided to go super 2000s with mm-hmm. Strawberry Kisses by Nikki Webster. I personally was a huge fan of this song back in the day. And I see this as like a girls' night sleepover with the gals Ooh. montage. So you got the snack set up. I feel like you have different themed snacks. You have like a themed drink. You have like maybe some sort of, what's it called? Blanket fort situation (laughs) going. Like pillows, twinkly lights, the whole setup. Very cute. Just you and your gals like having the best time. Amazing. And if you're listening to this and you're like, gosh, how can I get this? How can I get one? Mm. I want a montage song. Just leave us a little five-star written review. Maybe slide us a DM so that we know a little yes. bit about your life. We can get your astro- astrological, <laughs> your yeah, astrological. astrology. <laughs> <laughs> um, we could just get a little more info about you to pick the perfect song. But with that yes. being said, ah! should we do our first Spooktober Ooh. movie? Yes. Today we are doing personally one of my like go to October films. So I'm very excited. We are doing 2005's Corpse Bride. I was talking to Christina about this, but I think there's like a special kind of hell that you want to put on yourself <laughs> if you are doing a stop motion film. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I I cannot even imagine the undertaking of, of this process. Like, let me do a little like turn, turn, click turn quick. It's just, it's painstaking. And uh, according to IMDb, this movie had a 55-week shoot. My God. Which was like short compared to other stop motion. Because I think that Nightmare Before Christmas took them three years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, that's insane to me. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it came out amazing. You did amazing, sweetie. Yes, excellent, excellent work. Um, yeah, it was obviously Tim Burton film. It was it was co-directed by um oh god, what's his name? I want to say Mike Johnson, but that doesn't sound right. I think it's Mike something. It is Mike Johnson. Wow. Oh, good job. Who knew? Um, yeah, it was it was co-directed by Tim Burton and Mike Johnson. You know, obviously we have Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter. It is a Tim Burton film after all, so who else Mm -hmm. could possibly be cast? And I believe that Johnny Depp is the only actor in the movie that is not British. Johnny Depp isn't British? No. (laughs) He's he's American. Does he, like, affect his voice? (laughs) Well, he he does a British accent in a lot of the work that he does because he's really good at it. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's uh he's American. He loves his bracelets and his scarves. Yeah, he has he does a great British accent. You wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't even know. 
Um, oh my gosh. I also realized that Tim Burton and Helena Bonham Carter were married when this was made. Yeah. And I realized today that they've been divorced for years and I did not know that. So <laughs> we're learning so much today. Right. It's a, been a whirlwind, really. We did also learn today that Helena was the only actress that Tim Burton made audition for the role and waited two weeks before he told her that she was cast. I'm like, oh my gosh. First of all, that's annoying to do to anyone, but especially yeah. your girlfriend of the at the time. Because I don't, I don't know if they were married yet, but that seems like a weird ego power trip thing, and I'm not loving it. Well, I did read on. Um I don't know if it was the Corpse Bride Wikipedia or her personal. I think it was her personal Wikipedia where um, I guess she had said in an interview that like he always cast her with great embarrassment. And I think it was just because he didn't want to seem like he was casting his wife. Right. But it still stinks that he's like, yeah. only you will audition. Yes. And you will wait two weeks, my dear. Yeah. But I think with that being said, we should just dive in. Mm -hmm. And just so everyone knows, um, I am wearing a Halloween costume yes. as we speak. I am in my <laughs> hashtag TM trademark Glee Cheerios costume. <laughs> I'm wearing my, my One Direction heavy metal shirt, so... Good thing we're both wearing amazing outfits today. Yeah, tens, tens across the board. <laughs> Hell Yeah. So the opening of our film is our lead, Victor. He's drawing in his book. He's drawing a butterfly that he's captured under this like glass covering. Oh, like a bell jar, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the butterfly like gets released when he's done with this drawing. And we see it just fly around town, which is very gray, very dreary, Tim Burton style, of course. And... Mm. We hear the town crier, who's an amazing <laughs> character in this movie. Yeah. And he's like, 10 minutes until the Van Dort's <laughs> wedding rehearsal. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh God, I'm so excited for the accent work in this episode. Yeah. Um, we then have our first song of the movie. And oh. I've seen this movie like... A million times, and every single time, I forget that it's a musical. I'm I was like, also oh yeah, surprised. oh yeah, I forgot about that. So we get our first song, according to plan. We meet Victor's parents. They're like these new money fish merchants who have struck it big. They step out of their mansion and they sing about how like their son is getting married. He's like marrying up. It's going to help raise mm -hmm. their station type of thing. And every last detail must go according to plan. So she's <laughs> Victor's mother is being <laughs> shoved into this carriage, but her humongous ass is just not it's not fitting in there. She has a badonk a donk. What can we she say? Does. She got a she got a dump truck. Gotta respect <laughs> it. <laughs> we haven't Ooh. even had any alcohol today. No, it is twelve thirty six p.m. So um, we pan across the street to where Victoria Everglot's parents are, yes. and they're like, "What a terrible day for a wedding." <laughs> They're, like, lamenting about how their son is marrying these, like, commoner fish merchant people. Yeah. They don't want her to do it, but 
they are destitute. They have not a single dollar in the bank. So they're brokety broke. Yeah. So we cut to back to the carriage with Victor's parents. You know, Nell, his mom is like, you have to just reel her in. It's all set to go. But Victor's like, I'm already reeling. <laughs> I I think maybe Victoria should marry a lord. Like, I don't know why I'm here right now. He's really not confident. He's just my um, type. Shocker. <laughs> just a, a broomstick with a wig on it. So yep. his mom is like, you know what? Wherever every bit as good as the Everglades because she really tries to be high, um, like high status. class. Yeah. Yeah. So the Everglades and the Van Dorts finally meet face to face at their mansion. Yes. The Everglades are trying not to be like the worst people in the world. So they're like, hello, welcome to our house. Come have tea in the drawing room. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the parents kind of go off and Victor kind of like lags behind where he comes across a grand piano like in the entryway so he plays like a couple notes before he sits down to like play a little piece little does he know though his bride-to-be victoria hears the music yes and you know goes to watch from the stairs so you know she walks down the stairs is standing right behind him he is like startled to see her like explodes off of this piano bench and knocks everything over and she's like you play beautifully and he's like oh i'm so i'm so sorry for my rudeness how 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 could i oh my oh my goodness and you know victoria just very calmly sits down on the bench and says that her mother never let her play because she doesn't think it's proper for ladies music is too passionate ah yeah and so victor's like um where is your chaperone? <laughs> Victoria's like, by the way, you can call me Victoria because he's calling her like Miss Everglot this whole time. She's like, bro, we're getting married tomorrow. Like you can Oof. you can call me by my name. And she says that, you know, since she was a child, she dreamed of marrying someone that she was deeply in love with. How silly of her. And he's like, it isn't silly at all. And sits with her on the piano bench. Mm -hmm. Then he accidentally like knocks over this little flower vase and they pick it up together and have like a moment. It looks they're looking deep into each other's eyes. So of course, the foul lady Everglot comes in and starts screaming at them for being alone together. And she's like, it's time for the rehearsal. She's like, you're alone a minute before your rehearsal. Then we literally get a SpongeBob Ask Science like three hours later. And yeah. Pastor Gullswells is on oh my God. his last nerve. Like it is at a breaking point in the rehearsal. Yeah. Victor can't light the candle for shit. He can't remember his vows. Finally, he gets the candle lit and then accidentally blows it out. The pastor is not amused by any of this. He does not find it endearing. Then the butler comes in and he hands um, Lord Everglot a card for Lord Barkus Birkin. Nope. For Lord Barkus Bittern, (laughs) who is here for the wedding. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I got the dates mixed up. Didn't realize it was tomorrow. And Lady and Lord are like, is this is this guy from your side of the family? Is he from my side of the family? They literally don't know who he is. Yeah. 
And at that point, I would say, sir, we don't know you. I would say, get out of my house, please. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) instead, they decide to let him sit down as Victor tries to do the vows again. And the pastor continues the rehearsal. Um, He asks Victor if he remembered the ring. He's like, oh, yes. But he drops the ring (gasps) and says, yeah, it's like a really big mess. The pastor's like, you don't want to get married. You don't want to get married. (laughs) And he's like, oh. And they get the ring and like the Victoria's dress catches on fire. Lord Barkis puts out the flame and the pastor is like, okay, this wedding can't happen until Victor is prepared. Learn your vows. Victor heads out the door scared. He's spooked. Yep. And Lord Barkis leans into Victoria and is like, oh, he's quite a catch. So, you know, after this whole ordeal, Victor goes out onto this bridge in the moonlight and he's like, oh, Victoria must think I'm such a fool. And is like looking at the little flower that he took from her place. And we hear the town crier announce <laughs> all about how he ruined the rehearsal. Victor Van <laughs> ruins rehearsal. It was an absolute disaster. Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> so Victor wanders into the woods and is like practicing his vows, but he can't remember them. Boy is stumbling over his words. So he takes out the ring and the flower centers himself, tries again. You know, he's starting to become more confident. He manages to finish the vows in full while he's, like, dancing around this tree and pretending that it's Victoria. And there's, like, a creepy little branch sticking out of the ground that has, like, little branches on it, I guess. (laughs) And he puts the ring on the branch, but... It's not a branch because it grabs him and starts trying to pull him into the ground. Turns out the hand is the hand of Emily, the corpse bride, who rises from the snow. Yes, sir. Pushes back her veil and says, I do. And Victor is like, what the fuck is going on? So he (laughs) books it out of there. He's like tripping all over the place. He runs into a tree. He's like slipping on ice. It's a whole thing. Finally manages to get out of the forest. Back to that bridge he was on earlier. Turns around. Nobody's there. Turns back around. Emily's like, it's me, bitch. Your wife. (laughs) And so (laughs) she tells him that he may now kiss the bride leans into him and everything goes black yes that's so fun. <laughs> it's a me bitch your, your wife, wife. <laughs> i saw this tiktok the other day where it's like um this guy is like he's like running up the stairs and he's like looking over his shoulder and he's like getting going down the hallway like mm-hmm. like scuttling down the hallway and he finally makes it to the room and he's like <sighs> breathes a sigh of relief and the caption was something like trying to get back to the room without her poking your butthole. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I don't know if this resonates with anyone else, but I'm always trying to, like, fuck with my boyfriend and, like, poke him and stuff. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. So I was thinking about it in this context. <laughs> but anyway, we are in the land of the dead. And Victor wakes up in this bar, which I guess is the place you go when you go to the land of the dead. Mm. They notice he's a breather. So yeah, 
Everyone cheers to the newlyweds. We have like a Napoleon-esque skeleton yeah. um, and some other historical figures and stuff. And Emily tells him that in the woods, he said his vows so perfectly. Victor starts banging his head <laughs> on the bar top. He is he's like, wake up. Get at it. Like, he's frustrated. This man is so stressed. I'm worried about him. I know. His blood pressure <laughs> through the roof. Yeah. Then a decapitated head comes over. And I think that he scuttles around through the help of, like, cockroaches or beetles. Yeah. 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 It's, it's pretty gross. He's like, yeah. I'm the head waiter. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'll be making your wedding feast. And a maggot pops out of Emily's eye who's like, Mm, feast. And she's like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Oh my Maggots. God. <laughs> Maggots again. <laughs> Victor is freaked out. He picks up the little Napoleon skeleton and the sword that's stuck in him. And he's like, what's going on? So Ugh. our lead skeleton, <laughs> Mr. Bone Jangles, tells the tragic story of romance, passion, and a murder most foul. Hit it. Hey, give me a listen. Um, also, I didn't realize until today that this is sung by Danny Elfman, who also did the score. <laughs> we were today years old when we became scholars on the corpse spread. Yeah, we truly went in knowing absolutely nothing. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah. But we have this amazing song, Remains of the Day, where Bone Jangles sings about how Emily was a beauty when she was alive and she fell in love with this like mysterious stranger that came to town. But her father said no to the marriage. like He wouldn't give his blessing. So they decided to elope instead. And we have this great little like bone instrumental interlude. The yeah. visuals in this song are like – so good. It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of um, what's that song from Anastasia in the Dark of the Night? Oh, I don't know it. With like all the little like underworld creatures. It's a great song. But Bone Jangles continues to sing about how the lovers had conjured up this plan. Emily got her mom's wedding dress and got a bag of like the family jewels <laughs> and a satchel of gold. And they were supposed to meet in the dead of night in a, by a graveyard in the woods by this old oak tree. And, you know, she walked there. She waited for hours and hours. She saw this, like, mysterious figure in the fog. And then everything went black. Mm -hmm. And then she realized that she was dead. <gasps> And then she made a vow that she would wait under that tree for her true love to say his vows and come set her free. And then who came out of the blue to say those vows? Young Victor. With his small chin and his blue skin. <laughs> yep. Back in town, Victoria is staring out her window, kind of looking for Victor. Victor's mom reassures them that he'll be back because he is very afraid of the dark. She, like, puts him on blast about, All like, peeing his pants or something. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, he used to, like, wet his knickers when he was a lad. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Lord <laughs> That's funny. Lord Barkus comes in, and apparently he's staying with Everglades now. Okay, LOL. Yeah. He tells them that he hates to be the bearer of bad news. Um, and brings in the town crier, and the town crier's like, Victor was seen on the bridge with the mystery woman, and they slipped away into the night. And 
Victor's mom is shocked because he doesn't know any woman, okay? He is a little, uh, um, you know, celibate man. A little bedwetting uh, yeah, uh, celibate. Yeah, of the dark ass. <laughs> Shut in. <laughs> so Lord Barkus says to call for him if they need assistance in any way and just goes back up to his suite. Meanwhile, Mr. Everglot or Lord Everglot asks the butler Emil to fetch his musket. And Lady Everglot tells William, Victor's dad, to do something. That's not even... I used everyone's first name in my notes because I was like, (laughs) damn, I know everyone's names. And then I'm like, no one's going to know who Nell and William are. (laughs) But basically, Victoria's dad's like, get me my freaking musket. Meanwhile, Victor's mom is like, please don't let him kill our son. And so... (laughs) (laughs) The uh, Victor's father takes the musket from the butler and he's like, oh, you know, the town crier is probably having a really slow news day out here. We're in the last news cycle. It's kind of wearing (laughs) out. We haven't had a new break in a story yet. He just Mm -hmm. needs something to cry about. Yeah. But Victoria's dad is like, we don't have a groom for the wedding. And... Lady Everglot is like upset too because they're broke as a joke. The financial implications are something <laughs> weird like that. So Victor's mom is like, just give us until the morning to find him. And she's like, okay, you have until dawn. So back in, you know, the land of the dead, Emily is looking for Victor, who is running around hiding. Luckily, the maggot spots him, so they go after him. He ends up, like, in this hallway just with, like, coffins all lined up. Mm -hmm. So he just stands in one and pretends to be dead. And Emily doesn't notice him, I guess. And that's when this little spider repels down and asks if he's married because, you know, she's a widow. Mm -hmm. And he books it, runs away. And the spider, you know, immediately tells Emily where he went so he's trying to climb up this, like, wall that has, like, nothing on it. He's I'm like, does this man have, like, spidey senses? I don't know how he's climbing up this wall. But he makes it to the top where Emily is waiting for him. She's like, oh, you could have taken the stairs, silly. Yeah, they zoom out and the stairs are, like, right there. <laughs> yeah. So she talks about how, like, beautiful the view is and how mm-hmm. it's very romantic. And they sit down on this bench together. And Victor, you know, apologizes for you know, what happened to her, this harrowing story, but he needs to go home. And she's like, well, this is your home now. And he tells her that, you know, he doesn't even know her name. So she finally introduces herself. Her name is Emily and she gives him a little wedding present. So he opens up this box and like out comes this pile of bones it assembles itself. It's a little dog, but not just any dog. It's Victor's childhood dog scraps scraps very cute and you know he talks about how his mother never approved of scraps he's like very excited to have him back and then you know says that she never really approved of anything at all so emily asks if his mother would have approved of her and he's like well it's lucky you'll never have to meet her actually actually Maybe you should meet my parents since we're married now. Yeah. She's like, I would love to. Where are they buried? And he's like, that's the thing. (laughs) They're still alive. So what are we going to do about it? And Scraps, like, barks at Emily. They have a little convo. 
And she's like, you're right. We should go to Elder Goodnecht. So they go to Elder Goodnecht. They walk into this study and he is like, think of like, I guess, Dumbledore, but instead of like a long beard, he's a skeleton with like a skinny, tiny, like one stranded yeah. beard. And yeah. <laughs> Emily introduces Victor and says that they need to go up to visit the land of the living. He's like, why? What's up there? So Victor begs him to help because it would just mean so much to him to meet his parents. And um, Emily really wants to go. She like takes his hand and she's like, please. And he's like, okay, let me see what I can do. And looks for one of his books. He looks up a Ukrainian haunting spell. Mm. So he pours this potion into a chalice. There's like a crow's feather. There are some different concoctions. And then he drinks the mixture. <laughs> making a drink for himself. He's like, it's happy hour. Leave me alone. Yeah. Where were we? <laughs> um, and Emily's like the Ukrainian haunting spell. And he's like, oh, yeah, totally. Grabs his crow, pushes an egg out of it, and tells <laughs> them. huge. I know. <laughs> this poor abused animal is yeah. getting an egg pushed out of him. Um, and he's like, okay, when you want to come back, just say hopscotch. Really clever word. I think it's like it sounds very like morbid for some reason. Mm. So Elder Gutnik cracks the egg on them and they're engulfed by this sparkly powder inside i think my favorite quote in this scene is when he asks like why they want to go up there and he's like people are dying to get down here i was like ah, <laughs> clever clever so um you know back in the land of the living emily looks up there by this like same oak tree and she looks at the moon and tells Victor that she spent so much time in the dark that she forgot how beautiful the moonlight is. And, like, her veil is just, like, flowing in the wind. It's so beautiful. I mean, the the design of this whole film is, like, stunning. But mm -hmm. Emily's character design especially, amazing. Like, so cool. Yeah. I was telling Mo before <laughs> this that if I ever get, like, a, like a Timothy Chalamet-looking boyfriend – I will be making him dress up as Victor and Emily with me, and I will spend so much money on an Emily costume because yeah. if I'm doing it, I'm doing it right. Hell yeah. But yeah, she like dances around in the moonlight and her veil is just flowing and they did do- She looks so pretty. Yeah. They did do like some CGI with the veil, but they also did a lot of practical uh, stuff with it. And I was reading how they, it took them forever. Like they spent four months just like working on this veil thing. Wow. And um, they put like wires and stuff in it to try and like make it look like it was blowing in the wind. And mm -hmm. it also had to be like translucent. So I think they did a great job. It looks so cool. So, you know, she's dancing around and Victor's like, oh, you know what? I think I should go and like prepare my parents for like this big news yeah. that I married. Um, to a corpse. So why don't you wait here? I'll go grab him. Stay here. Don't no peeking. Don't move. You stay right here. I'ma go. I'll be back. Bye. So he runs off to the Everglot mansion, but outside he can hear like Lord and Lady Everglot talking inside. And Lord Everglot is talking about strangling Victor with his bare hands the next time he sees him. Yeah. So Victor's like, okay, so not the front door. <laughs> 
And um, Lady Everglot is like, your hands are too fat and his neck is too thin for you to strangle him. That's a good line. Um, So back in the woods, the maggot in Emily's eye talks to her and he's like, I have a bad feeling about Victor. But Emily's like, oh, no, he's just visiting his parents. And the maggot's like, okay, well, why don't you go ask him? And Emily's like, I will. Yeah. So meanwhile, our boy Victor is climbing up the terrace to Victoria's window. He finally gets up there. She lets him in. She's like, oh, my goodness, Victor, I'm so happy to see you. You're as cold as death. What happened? And he's like, I must confess. This morning, I was terrified of getting married, but after meeting you, I felt like I should be with you always, and that our wedding couldn't come soon enough. And she says that she feels the same, and just as they're about to kiss, Victor spots Miss Emily climbing up the terrace. Oh my god. So he's like, uh, BTW, I seem to have found myself married. Uh, it's super unexpected. Uh, Emily comes in. scares the shit out of her victoria gasps and emily's like victor who's who's this and victoria's like um who are you and emily says i'm his wife and holds out that little skeleton hand with the ring on it and victor's like yes she's my wife but she's dead and emily is livid at this point so she narrows her eyes and glares at Victor and just says, hopscotch. And they go rushing back to the land of the dead. Yes. Back in the land of the dead, Emily can't believe Victor used her to get to Victoria, but he tells her that she is actually the other woman. Um, Emily gets really emotional and says that he's married to her. And she says she thought this was going well. Then her eye pops out and Victor apologizes, but he says it can't work. Like, clearly, like, it was doomed from the start. You kind of tricked him. You trapped him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he says that they're too different since she's, you know, deceased. Yeah. And Emily tells Victor that he's the one who asked her to marry him. And he's like, that was a mistake. He would never marry her. And I'm like... Bad wording, Bro. brother. What yeah. are you saying? Way to rub, uh, yeah, that's rub so salt harsh. in that wound. Jesus. So Emily leaves him. She throws her veil away, rips the petals off of her bouquet, and just like tosses it on the ground. And the spider from before comes back down, our little widow. And she just talks to the spider about how maybe they're too different. And, you know, he does belong with Victoria. And the spider just reassures her that she's so much more. She's a wonderful personality. Yeah, so then we get our next song, Tears to Shed. Mm-hmm. You know, the spider and the maggot just kind of sing about how Victoria doesn't hold a candle to her beauty. You know, pulses are overrated. Who cares about being alive? Who cares? Yeah, and like kind of the tagline of the song is like, And, um, you know, they, you know, just continue to sing about how Victoria doesn't compare. But Emily is still really upset and she sings about how even though she is dead, she still feels pain and she still has tears to shed. And I do I do really love that Emily doesn't really ever go into that whole like, fuck this bitch. I'm so much better than her. She never really goes into that territory. Which yeah, I think is great. 
And um, there's this one line that I really liked where she sings, I feel my heart is aching, though it doesn't beat, it's breaking. I was like, oh, uh, my gosh. Devastating. I love Emily so much. I think she's such like a lovely character. I have such a soft spot for her. Back at the Everglot mansion, um, Victoria tells her mom that Victor is married to a corpse and they need to help him. And her mom is like, yeah, sure. Locks her in her room, bro. Victoria's like, "Uh, okay. Climbs down her balcony, like the same trellis that Victor had used before. It's pouring rain, by the way. She goes to the church. She wakes up the pastor and he's like, what do you want? And she's like, if the living can marry the dead. Oh, wait. I just wrote that verbatim. I meant to say she asks him if the living can marry the dead because Victor has a corpse bride and there must be some way to undo it. And he's like, "Ah, I know what to do. And takes her back to her parents' house. (laughs) And he's like, she's speaking in tongues. And Lady Everglaw is like, uh, servants take her to her room, seal the door, seal the windows, and Lord oh Everglot is like, "Well, we gonna have, we gonna get her married, okay, with or without get Victor." This bitch out of my house. He's like, "I need some money, honey. Um, money, money, please. <laughs> money, 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 money." We're riffing, we're riffing, we're riffing. Um, so Lord Barkus comes in at that moment and he's like, mm-hmm. well, if I had a woman like Victoria, I'd lavish her with riches befitting royalty. Mm. And he lets it slip that he's single. <laughs> and it's because his young bride died. Yes. Meanwhile, Victoria is trying to break out of her room by, like, stabbing the door (laughs) when her parents come in and they're like, don't worry, darling, you will be getting married tomorrow. And she's like, I am? And he's like, yes, to Lord Barkus. He'll make a fine husband, a much better prospect than that Van Dort kid. The guy that you thought was your cousin not two moments ago. Seems like the right choice. Yep. So Victoria begs her parents not to make her marry this man, but they're like, if you don't marry him, we'll be penniless and forced into the street. And Victor is gone, so Barkus is the new plan. Yikes. Yeah. In the hall, Lord Barkus laughs to himself as he walks through this hall of family portraits, and he tells Victoria's portrait that she only has to suffer through this union until death parts them. And that'll come soon, because he's a murderer. Yikes, bikes. Meanwhile, the Van Dorts are in their carriage, you know, searching for their son. And they hear the town crier announce that Victor has married a corpse. Mm -hmm. And Victoria will be marrying a newcomer. (laughs) And the mom, this mom is roasting her son this whole movie. She's like, what corpse would marry our Victor? (laughs) Meanwhile, the carriage driver starts having a coughing fit and has what looks like a heart attack. Yeah, I don't know. And falls off the carriage and it runs over him. Really brutal death. (laughs) Yeah. So back in the land of the dead, Victor follows Scraps, who drops Emily's bouquet at his feet. 
basically goes over to talk to Emily, brings her the bouquet back, and she's playing piano. He apologizes for lying to her and says that today hasn't gone as planned. And he joins her on the piano. They start doing duet. And Victor kind of goes sicko mode. (laughs) And Emily joins in. Her hand falls off when she does like a little, uh, little (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just go, go watch it. Go watch it. Yeah. Um, there's one part, I think she, after her hand falls off, she says, pardon my enthusiasm. He says, I like your enthusiasm. I was like, oh my God. It is pretty cute. Yeah. So he helps her put her hand back on and we hear this alarm sound, which means that someone new has joined the land of the dead. And it's Mayhew, the carriage driver from before. Yeah. Victor comes over to greet him and he's like, oh, it's great to see you. But then realizes he's dead and he's like uh whoops yeah he gets a beer from the bar and victor's like i have to get back how is everyone mayhew tells him that everyone is looking for him wondering where he went off to and victoria is supposed to get married to this newcomer lord barkas and victor's like what that's impossible but mayhew's like i don't know maybe they didn't want to waste the cake and then someone's like this drunk skeleton comes over, puts his arm around Mayhew, and is like a woman. I can't live with them. You can't live without him. And Victor walks away. Emily's like, where are you going? Meanwhile, Victoria is getting ready for her wedding and talks about how yesterday she thought her wedding would be happy. And today she mm. feels like she's caught in a tide and being pulled out to sea. And that's when her like – I think her name is Heldegard. maid? Yeah, yeah. She's like, the sea leads to many places, dearie. Maybe you'll land somewhere better. I like that. Yeah. There's lots of really, really beautiful quotes in this movie that I feel like don't get their, like, due because the writing is actually, like, very um, heartfelt. Mm -hmm. I'd agree. So Lord Barkas says his vows to Victoria. He asks her to be his, and the pastor announces them man and wife. Meanwhile, back in the underworld, Victor is, you know, smelling the flower that he's held on to from Victoria's home and realizes that he's too late. Aww. And he overhears Emily talking about him to, like, the women in the kitchen. Emily asks if, you know, all men are like this because Victor just kind of, like, mm-hmm. walked off and said nothing to her. And the chefs are like, oh, you know, men, they're not very bright. And when something is stuck in their head, you can't do a thing with them. And that's when uh, Gutnecht comes in and tells Emily that there's been a complication in her marriage. Their vows are binding only until death does them part. Oh, no. But death has already parted them. And Emily is like, oh, my God, if Victor finds out, he's going to leave me. Like, what can I do? And Gutnick says that the only way is for Victor to give up his life. He'd have to repeat his vows in the mm-hmm. land of the living and then drink poison from this wine glass. And Emily is like, I can't ask him to do that. But Victor comes in. He's like, you don't have to ask. I'll do it. Wow. Really stepping yeah. up to the plate. Ladies, a man will never offer to drink from the chalice yeah. of death for you. <laughs> yeah. Never. <laughs> so Elder Gutnick tells him that if he does this, he will never be able to return to the world above. 
And he asks if he understands. And Victor's like, I get it. Then we get the wedding song. Victor announces to the land of the dead that they've decided to do their vows properly and that they're moving the wedding party upstairs. So the spider comes down and tells Victor he can't get married looking like that. The spider and the spider's friends all spin these webs um, and basically just tailor his ripped up suit. And everyone makes this amazing wedding cake. People are really coming together Mm -hmm. to make the wedding happen. Oh, yeah. It's like a fucking party. It looks like a great time. Oh, yeah. Emily comes down the stairs in her new and improved dress and veil. Meanwhile, at the most boring uh, wedding reception known to man, the Everglots are having dinner with the like eight wedding guests and Lord Barkus stands up to make a speech. He says, elegant, cultured, radiant. Victoria has found herself a husband with all of these qualities. (laughs) Delightful. So he says that no force on earth could tear them apart. And that is when all our little skeleton friends from the land of the dead appear in the dining room. Yes, they do. Of course, everyone is super freaked out. I think somebody's eyeball like falls into Lord Everglot's suit and he's like, there's an eye in my soup. (laughs) So, you know, everyone's running around screaming. Lord Everglot's grandfather is there next to his portrait. He's like, where do you keep the spirits? (laughs) Outside, the town crier announces all of these monsters and skeletons, you know, going through the towns. The townspeople go crazy. They are unwell. One brave child goes up to the skeleton and he's like, grandpa? And the skeleton (laughs) picks him up. It's his granddad. And then suddenly everyone realizes that their loved ones are here. And one older lady who's been fighting off these skeletons is like, Alfred? You've been dead for 15 years. And he grabs her in her arms and dips her. And he's like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Oh, my gosh. it's I love it. I love it. It's fun. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, Lord Barkus, who has been hiding under a table this whole time, <laughs> uh, finally emerges. And he's like, all right, Victoria, we're going to take whatever money we can and get out of here. And she's like, money? Money? L-O-L. M- it was you said my Mary. <laughs> you said money, honey? <laughs> Not around here, bitch. So <laughs> she's like, it was my marriage to you that was supposed to save us from the poorhouse. Lord Barkus is pissed. He is furious. Oh, yeah. And she's like, oh, what? Did things not go according to plan? Perhaps in disappointment, we are perfectly matched. I was like, okay, Victoria. Okay. Yeah. We love it. So she, like, walks outside to see, you know, all the skeletons just walking about, reuniting with their loved ones. Mm Mm-hmm. In the church, Pastor Galswells tells them to come back from whence they came and that they shall not enter here because he's like a pastor and he's like, these are demons. I don't know. Dead (laughs) people. Yeah. And they're like, keep it down. We're in a church and just walk in. Someone hops on that old organ and Emily walks down the aisle. Elder Gudnick begins the vows and he tells Victor to do the ring first. So Victor recites the vows, and then it's Emily's turn. 
And Emily starts her vows with this hand. I will lift your sorrows. Your cup will never be empty, for I will be, I will be. Go on, my dear. Your cup will never be empty, for I will be. I will be your wine. And there's the guy in the audience. She's second thoughts. <laughs> She's having second thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> so Victor is about to drink the poison, but Emily has seen Victoria come into the church. So she stops him and says he can't do it. This is wrong. I was a bride. My dreams were taken from me. Well, now I've stolen them from someone else. I love you, Victor, but you're not mine. Oh my god, just break my freaking heart. I know. So Victor turns around to see Victoria, and, you know, Victoria joins them, and Emily places their hands together. And that's when Lord Barkus strolls up, and he's like, hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're already married. And he says he won't leave here empty-handed. Whoa. Then Emily recognizes Barkus. He is the man that she was supposed to marry who killed her. Yep. And Barkus is like, oh, she's delusional and grabs the sword out of Napoleon and holds it to Victoria's neck. He's like threatening to slit her throat Um, when Scraps bites his ankle. Pretty bold move, Scraps. Yeah. The sword's up to her throat. But Mrs. Plum throws a fork over to Victor and then they start having a little fork sword fight. Barkus is about to stab Victor when Emily steps in front of him at the last second and takes the blow instead. Yeah, I never really thought about it until I was watching it this time, but because she has that um that like tear in her wedding dress and her ribs are exposed. Oh yeah. That is like where she would have been stabbed when she was killed. For sure. And she t- took the blow in like the same spot. It was like, ooh, lovely detail. Mm. So she pulls that sword out of her skeleton body and holds it up to Barkus and just stares him down and is like, get out. And Barkus is like, all right, I'll leave. But first, a toast to Emily. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. So rude. Just foul. So he picks up that wine glass and he says, can a heart still break once it stopped beating? And laughs. And the maggot is, like, about to go and fuck him up. He is like, let me at him. Mm -hmm. But Goodnecht is like, no, we must abide by the rules of the living. This is their land. So Barkus downs that wine and begins to walk off when (gasps) his heart stops beating. That bitch is dead. He drank the poison. Dead, dead, dead. And they're like, okay, he's dead. Now he's all ours and all the skeletons go up to him and they like Mm -hmm. shove him into this room and um, Mrs. Plum is like, new arrival. (laughs) So Victoria is very happy. She tells Victor that she thought she'd never see him again and Victor tells her to wait. He made a promise and Emily is like, you kept your promise. You set me free. Emily gives him back the ring and says now – she can do the same for him. Oh. I know. Very kind woman. Like, yeah. if Victor was dead, I'd be like, uh, a match. Yeah. Perfect match. Oh, yeah. So Emily walks away, throws her bouquet back, and at first, Hildegard catches it, and the maggot <laughs> looks at her, and she's like, oh, my God. It's like, hey. 
And she throws it back again, at which point Victoria catches it. Outside, Emily looks up to the sky and her whole body turns into um, butterflies that fly off towards the moon. And that is the corpse bride. That is a corpse bride. Uh, Oh my gosh. I love this movie. It's so beautiful. Like I really forget mm -hmm. how stunning it is until I rewatch it. Oh, it's so fun. And it's actually really short too. So if you Mm -hmm. didn't have time to like, you know, get a a huge Halloween movie in, like even an hour, an hour 15, you could watch this whole movie. Yeah. And it's such a pleasure. The animation is lovely. It's so fun to look at just how artistic and creative um, the characters are made. And then you have these fun songs, this Mm -hmm. lovely story. The characters are so likable. Emily, Victoria, and Victor. I was like rooting for all of them the whole time. Absolutely. It's um yeah, it's it's just it's so it's so heartfelt in a way that I I really don't think I appreciated until I did this closer watch through. And the the writing is so strong. We we did find out that it is based on um like a Russian Jewish like folk story. Yeah. About like a man who it's essentially this whole thing, except the ending is sadder. <laughs> but mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's just like a beautiful story about, um, you know, life and death and unrequited love. And uh, it's it's a really – it's a nice lighter Halloween watch for sure. But it still gives you like the spooky vibes, especially with the coloring. Mm -hmm. And I really love how like everything on earth is super like – dreary and gray and then the underworld is so vibrant and colorful that was one thing i thought was very interesting kind of like this is more like existential but the depiction of the underworld Mm -hmm. being something comical and like i in a way like pleasurable and more fun than the land of the living is really interesting yeah it, it made me think about um kind of like the use of color in edward scissorhands how Mm -hmm. Like in the town, everything is like super bright and vibrant, but that's where kind of like a lot of evil lived, whereas the mansion that Edward was living in was all like black and gray and dreary, but that's where a lot of like uh, pureness, purity, pureness, like um, pureness of like soul, I guess, was living. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was interesting to see kind of how color was used again here but this time you know the gray dreary like human life is where all of like the corruption and horribleness is and then you have this vibrant underworld where there's a lot of joy um yeah and love too so yeah it was it was really i'm really really glad that uh we did it this year because it was really cool to do kind of a closer watch of it than i've ever really done before oh yeah i had only really i think i had only seen it when it was like on abc family or free forms mm-hmm. oh my gosh 31 days of halloween um yeah but yeah i love a good tim burton movie he has a really magical mind and i like that like in this movie it's not such a sad plot I really like that mm-hmm. Victor and Victoria fall in love when they meet each other. So it's not this horrible arranged marriage, mm-hmm. even though they're surrounded by these overbearing parents who are so cruel to each of them. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. And I'm glad that Emily and the people of the Land of the Dead were really sweet and kind too. Yeah. It's um and it's it was cool to see kind of uh the different ways that 
uh, Victor and Emily connected and the way that Victor and Victoria connected. Yeah. And I liked that they both were able to connect with music, but in very different ways. Mm -hmm. Whereas like with Victoria, it was her being kept from it. And then Emily clearly has like a love of music when they have that little piano duet moment. So I, I really liked the the musical motif throughout as well. And then like, you know, the musical numbers and everything. But mm-hmm. yeah. It was a really good movie. Really recommend it, you guys. Go watch Corpse Bride. If you're in Canada, you can watch it on Netflix and Crave. So you got options. Whoa. If you're in the US, um, we will we will put it on the Instagram. I don't know off the top of my head. <laughs> I believe you can rent it on YouTube, I believe. Mm, okay. With that being said. Um, should we rate it? Yeah. Oh, man. I didn't go into this expecting to give it such a high rating, mm-hmm. but I think I want to give it a nine. Whoa. I was going to say an eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really liked it. I just thought it was so watchable and fun, so detailed. I love the detail of scraps being there. Mm. Yeah, it made me want to watch, um, I think Coco is the one. Mm. Where it's oh, like, I love Coco. Yeah. 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 Yeah, guys. This is the start of Spooktober. Yes. Go get yourself a pumpkin. Yep. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, we have some very exciting movies and guests coming up for the next three weeks. So strap in. It's going to be a blast. We have some really exciting – we have some really exciting guests. We do. I kind of want to plug it, but we should leave it as a surprise, right? (laughs) Yeah, it'll yeah, well, it'll be a surprise. You'll, okay. If you follow us, speaking of, if you follow us on social media, you'll get to see who the guests are yes. before the episode comes out. That is and true. And how do you do that? Oh my god, you can follow us on Instagram. It's movies that raised us. You can follow us on Twitter at mtru underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok at movies that raised us pod. And if you want to send us some longer feedback, you know, advice on your love life, you want us to proofread, uh something you wrote. I don't know what I'm saying. You can email us. It's movies that raised us at gmail.com. Yeah. And hopefully we'll get to see some of you on Friday, October 8th at our Cadet Kelly watch party. Hell yeah. It's going to be so fun. Be sure to have your popcorn at the ready. Yes. Your raisinets, whatever you like. We're going to, we're going to see you there. Yes. All right. I'm Mo. And I'm Christina. And our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.